Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Well, I would like to say we'll help you keep it running thanks to the help we get from Nick Stoffel from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. Good morning, Nick. Good morning. We, uh, you, we, both of us thought that Dan was going to be here today. and Well, all three of us thought that. But uh, tell folks why you're here. Well, uh, Dan was on his way back from a from a vacation and uh, ended up stuck at the Atlanta airport because of the weather there. Yeah, they had a little bit of snow and ice down there, and uh, they're not as well as equipped as we are for That's that uh, type of weather. So, unfortunately, his flight was canceled, and he had to scramble to find a place to stay. And uh, now, I'm sure today he'll try to find a way home. People get a little nervous down there. Yeah, and talking with a, f- a friend down there, it sounds like if uh, they get that the weather as we do often here. Uh, people tend to kind of just lock up and just leave their car yeah. wherever they lie. So, Ooh, yeah, Ooh, an inch <laughs> of sloppy snow, but it could be icy. Let's face Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, well, we wish Dan well. It's a busy airport, and I hope he found a place to stay. Yeah, I hope I hope he did. Yes, I'm sure he is not in the best. Not of a happy guy. No. We're glad you're here, though. Nick Stoffel also is an ASC certified techni- a technician at the Lloyd's. In St. Paul, we'll find out exactly where, as we always like to. But if you do have any kind of car issue, truck, van issue, and you want to talk to uh, this guy who knows his stuff before you bring in your vehicle to your favorite dealer, your favorite shop, at least, as we like to say, you'll be armed with a little more information that maybe you did not have before. It's always good. We always say that. That's good to have more information bring when they bring it in to their favorite shop or dealer. I really believe that. I think that one of the best things that we do here is try to reiterate that with people like you know when somebody comes in with their vehicle you know oftentimes people have a tendency not to want to tell you everything because they don't want it to cost more money That's right and the, the matter the truth is as much detail or as much information you can give us to help you f- repair your vehicle kind of cuts right to the chase you yeah. don't have to spend all this saves extra time, time. Yeah. saves time which is money obviously so any information as silly as it might seem Anything you can jot down on a notepad, you know, if you're experiencing an abnormal noise or a feeling or a situation, the conditions of the the weather, yeah. uh, you know, speed of the vehicle, all, all that stuff, it seems kind of funny sometimes, but it really can help kind of narrow down the, the options and help us fix that car. Very good. Let's uh, help some folks out here, Nick. Uh, uh, the phone lines are cleared if you want to use your uh, the phone line for your car care question, 651-989-9226. You can call that in right now. Folks who are already, uh, Nick, are sending in their text questions. That number is 81807, 81807. That one right off the bat. Texas says, 2011 Sonata, have original tires, about 23,000 miles on it, hardly drives it at all, maybe 1,000 miles a year or so. Uh, and uh, this texter, male or female, was wondering, the technician said, well, you're down the tread, now you're going to have to help me on this. Uh, is down to three thirty seconds. What is well? I kind of know what that means, but how, how do you guys measure the tread depth? So t- tires are measured in thirty seconds of an inch. Oh, okay. Most tires, when they're new, are about 10, 11, 30 seconds of an inch, and as they wear, obviously there's less uh, tread there. Now the the wear bar or the the indicator lets you know when they're due to be replaced is three thirty seconds. 
Uh, especially this time of the year, the way the weather uh, can be, the roads can be, you get down to that low level of tread and it can become difficult to control the vehicle. So my advice to that person would be uh, two things. Number one, you know the tires are seven, eight years old. Yeah, they're getting near the end of their life. They get as far kind as, of brittle. Don't they get they? You know, the, the rubber gets hard, and you get some dry rotting and cracking, which can create leaks and other issues. But also the treads just just wore out, and it seems like a low mile vehicle. But it seems oftentimes on newer vehicles, if we get thirty thousand miles on that first set of tires, you're doing pretty well. So um, unfortunately, they should probably get a new set of tires before they end up in a situation where they, they get stuck. Yeah. Okay. So if you can afford it, get the tires. Yeah, nothing like the holiday season to buy some tires. <laughs> That's right, yeah. All right, 81807 is the text number. Here's another one that came in a bit ago. I have a 2014 Ford Focus with 45,000 miles. When should I start to think about a new battery? You know, um, just talking about tires, batteries, same similar type of situation. I think if a vehicle gets to be five or six years old, it's something worth considering for sure. Uh, obviously, if you take the vehicle in for your service, you know, it's kind of getting into that winter season. Um, so if you go in for service, absolutely have them test the battery, check the coolant protection level, look at those tires, all those little things that are really useful on a very cold morning. So um, if the car is getting older, have it tested. Likely it'll test marginal, which means it'll start on a warm day, but not likely on a cold day. So something to consider. This is a two-part question that Nick I just noticed on that same 2014 Focus uh, the, my tire low light is on. Do I need to have the dealer reset it, or will it go out when I fill the tire? Uh, so many different uh, variations in yeah, those systems. That's true. Uh, absolutely, if the tire light is on, uh, it's um, it's responsible to keep them full. The government requires to have the light. Uh, it's a very good warning. That means your tires are low, which can affect wear, traction, all, all that kind of stuff. Uh, some vehicles, you just fill them back up. They'll re- the tire system will see that. Actually, most vehicles will see that, and it'll reset. Some have a button. If you do reference in your owner's manual, it'll give you a kind of a play-by-play description of how the system works and how to reset that light. I have gone to the manual, thanks to you guys, saying, hey, everybody, you might try reading the manual once in a while. It's amazing what information is there. It, it truly is. It's, uh, you know, everyone forgets about that two-inch book that they put in the glove yeah, box when you buy the vehicle because you look at it right. and you're overwhelmed like, I don't need all that. But, you know, go to the index in the back, uh, tire monitoring system, TPMS sense system, or whatever might uh, index it as, and you just do a little reading on it. Same with, you know, oil change uh, intervals yeah, or yeah. maintenance lights. And there's a lot of, I agree, in that two inches, there isn't a, you don't need to know all of it, but there's a good couple dozen pages probably worth reading. Very good. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. I don't want to forget about our callers either, Nick. Dan in Circle Pines is uh, first up. Dan, what's your question for Nick? Uh, yeah, I got a 2004 Cadillac CTS. It's got like 184,000 miles on it. But when I'm going down the highway, I get it up to about 65. I'll let go of the accelerator. As it's dropping down closer to 60, it, it almost feels like it's downshifting. The, the front end will like dip on me. It's the weirdest thing. It only does it when you know the first. Um, I'm, I'm thinking maybe 15 minutes of driving it until it warms up. It stops doing it. That's a good one. Uh, I, I think what we would do in, in our shop is we would uh, try to duplicate that scenario. We would take a scan tool with us, take a recording of the data from the computer system, and try to dissect that whether there's something with the torque converter lockup that's engaging or disengaging. 
Um, I, I don't think it's shifting gears necessarily or if there's something with the idle air control system where you take your foot off the throttle and you're kind of allowing the engine to manage its own speed, something with those one of those systems is kind of sticking or has a has a, um, a hiccup in it. And obviously, once it warms up, it works its way out and it's fine. Um, it doesn't seem like it's something you know. I, I understand it's a you know 13 year old vehicle. It's got a, a good number of miles on it. I don't think it's something that's going to get you in too much trouble, especially if there's no warning lights on. But it might be worth the next time you bring it in. Allow those folks a little extra time to try to do as I describe, go for a nice drive, take their scan tool with, record that data, and at least have them take a look at that to give you peace of mind and maybe prevent any kind of future failure. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'd, I'd want to know. Yeah. You, well, you know, it's highway speeds, you right. know, and we know how dangerous the highways can be, and you don't want to be on the side of the highway for anything. Right. So, Absolutely. Um, Good point. Not a bad idea. Nick, we have to take a quick break here. Uh, folks on the line, stay there. We'll uh, pick up on your questions and texters as well. Text number, by the way, is you wanna, if you want to use that form, is 81807. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here with Nick Stoffel, ASE Certified Technician at Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. Where exactly on Grand Avenue are you? Well, if you're in the capital city, as I like to refer to it yeah. as, uh, we're at 982 Grand Avenue, uh, which is two blocks east of Lexington Parkway in the beautiful uh, business district of Grand Avenue. Um, if you ever need to give us a call, if you have a question or need some help, uh, 651-228-1316. And then if you're in front of your computer or device there, it's lloydsautomotive.net, and that's L-L-O-Y-D-S automotive.net. And it's a fun place to shop, too. I mean, leave your car and you can coffee, shop, If whatever. you drop your vehicle off for service, you can go pretty much any direction you'll and find tell, something. You'll tell the people at Lloyd's, hey, take a day or two because I have shopping to do. Yeah, there's it's a, a great place. It is. It really is. 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Let's go back to the phones. Then we'll pick up on uh, some text. Joe is calling from my Sandy with a question. Joe, Nick is listening. Yes, I've got an 06 town car. I bought it three years ago with 47,000 miles on it. I flushed all the fluids and everything. Now i got about 88 on it, and uh, it started burping out antifreeze on the garage floor. And now I've also got a oil leak along the passenger side of my suspicion is a head gasket. Am I correct? P- possibly. Um, I guess what we would do is obviously get the vehicle up to running temp, uh, get some pressure in that cooling system, Try to identify where the source of the leak, you know, if it's coming out of the, the overflow, then you think, geez, I'm getting uh, extra air, extra pressure in there. Then we start, you know, checking for things like hydrocarbons in the coolant, which is exhaust. Um, as it, you know, quickly explain here. So if your head gaskets go bad, all that extra pressure from the cylinders as you have combustion happening it needs to go somewhere. And if it can work its way through that failed gasket or failed cylinder head, it can make its way into a cooling passage where all the antifreeze is, and then it'll make its way through the system into the radiator, can overpressurize that, creating a leak as you've described. So it's probably worth having somebody take a look at. Uh, you know, if it's something you catch early enough, you know, if it is a head gasket, unfortunately, it probably needs a, a major repair there. But if there's something else that is lesser, uh, you know, it sounds like it's got low mileage on and probably worth fixing. Yeah, very good. Good luck with that, Joe. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Keep in mind, Nick will. Uh, Leave here about 7.45, so don't wait. If you have a question, don't wait uh, too long. Either call it in or text it in. 
Uh, text number again, 81807. Charles is calling from Carver with a question. Charles, you're on CCO. Good morning. Yeah, hello. I have a Ford um, Econoline 2004, and it's not firing up. So the vehicle doesn't start. It really needs three things. You need air, spark, and fuel. Um, you know, and it, it, it happens, you know, my first guess would be the fuel pumps failed, you know, uh, easily, not necessarily always easy. Uh, but if somebody could put a fuel gauge on that port, that, uh, access port there, and you can crank the vehicle and see if it creates any pressure out of the electric fuel pump, uh, test one, test two, check for spark, obviously. Uh, see if you How have, do you do that? Well, depending on the vehicle, it isn't as easy as it used to be going back years yeah. ago. You'd have a spark tester where you'd pull a plug wire off, put that tester in, in place of the, the plug and ground it, and then you'd fire it and watch for spark. Uh, now, usually with the scan tool, you can identify if there's a misfire or a failed coil. Um, you know, but as technology changes with the vehicles, so does the help that we have. Um, and then the last thing that being air, and obviously if it's cranking, you can tell if you have compression and air based on how the cars start, are turning over. So... Um, usually if a car doesn't start, um, you know, you can, a couple tricks on the fuel pump, maybe somebody can crawl underneath, bang on the tank a little bit, try to get fired up one more time. If it does start, it's not fixed, drive it to the shop. All you're doing is saving yourself some money on a tow. On a tow, yeah. Um, you know, if it's a spark-related item, he probably needs to have it towed and have somebody give him a little help there. Okay. Very good. Do we need to take a break now? Well, I'll tell you what, let me take one more call. Let's do that. Paul in Coon Rapids has been waiting. I want to get Paul's uh, question answered. Go. Uh, good morning. Um, I have a 2016 Kia Optima, and ever since I've I've owned the car, it's I've got about 20,000 miles on it. The temperature when I'm operating at high speeds goes up to normal, but when I in the winter when I turn the fan on high and slow down or come to a stop, the temperature drops. I've had it in for service like four or five times, and they haven't been able to figure this thing out yet. So, if in fact, if it's a temperature gauge that's dropping, it sounds like your heater core is too efficient. So, uh, you know, when, when we get the car up to running temp, you know, let the car warm up. It runs about 200 degrees. Uh, we have cooling fans that help keep it from overheating. The thermostat does the same. The car sounds like it's new enough and low enough mileage um, that I don't think you have a failed component there. But um, when I said it sounds like your heater core is too efficient, what I meant is, the heater core actually kind of works as another radiator. So you you turn the fan on, the blower blows the air through the heater core, allowing it to cool down. If you're sitting at a at a standstill, your engine's not running very fast. You're not generating a lot more heat to that motor. Um, so if it's just the gauge going down, I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, but, in fact, if you're losing the quality of your heat, like if you're sitting at a stoplight for a few moments or minutes, and the heat that's coming out the vent starts to cool down, I'm thinking we might have an issue with the thermostat. So... Try that a little bit. Pay pay attention. Don't disregard the gauge because the gauge is a, a gauge. Obviously, if it's getting hot, you need to seek help. But if you see it fluctuating a little bit, I wouldn't be worried. But if you're losing actual heat, then you need to bring it in and say, hey, guys, something's going on here. Take somebody for a drive. Show them. Say, hey, here we are. We sit at an idle here now and feel the temperature coming out the vents. It's going from a nice toasty warm down to a lukewarm. Something's wrong here. Okay. All right. There you go, Paul. We have to take a break. We have more show to come. If you have a question, you can call it in at 651-989-9226 or send a text, 81. 
Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. It's overcast 20 degrees on this Saturday morning in the midst of our car care show here on CCO. Denny along with Nick Stoffel from Lloyd's Automotive. Nick, we have callers, we have texters. Let's see how many we can feel before you take your leave here in about eight minutes or so. Diane is calling in from Hinkley, Minnesota, with a question. What is your question, Diane? Good morning. My husband has a 2002 diesel Beetle, and I'm wondering what your thoughts are about putting some kind of a heater, head bolt, or we don't have a heated garage anymore, but what's available for that year car for helping the oil startup be a little warmer? You know, I don't know exactly what's available for that car. Um, As we all recall... Heaters used to be very common in vehicles. Yeah. Uh, vehicles are designed much better than they ever have been. It is a diesel, as you dis- as you said. So I'm sure there is something that you can get, whether it be some sort of magnetic one that might stick to a part of the block. Part of the problem is there's more and more aluminum on these engines, so oh, it's yeah. hard to find the magnetic style. Uh, there are those core plug. You mentioned the head bolt uh, type heater. Um, I would something like that. You have to be very careful. You don't probably would just want anyone to do because you don't want to create a leak. Yeah. I would probably contact the dealership. You know, you're up there uh, north of, the, the, of town here. Make your way down to the cities. Contact the dealership and see what their options are because you're not the first person with the diesel. And on a gasoline engine, I almost always say you don't need it. You don't need it. On the diesel, uh, on a cold it's day, a more complicated, 15 years old, maybe 150,000 miles, things might need a little extra oomph to get her going on a cold day. So. Yeah. I would uh, do a little more research, contact your dealer, and hopefully they can give you a hand. Okay, good. All right. Thanks, Dan. Uh, let's see. Yeah, you don't hear too many things about uh, block heaters anymore. Well, no, and then if you don't do this, but years and years ago, people would get a little charcoal out and put it underneath. I've heard those stories. <laughs> underneath the yes. vehicle, but don't do that. That would no, create a no, fire. Don't. No, that, <laughs> but that, that's, uh, that uh, usually means a new car. Yeah, <laughs> yesterday's. There's a reason why they're yesterday's. That's you know? right. Text, we were talking about tires when we started the show. A texter said this, my car tires require 32 PSI. How much extra should I overfill them to account for the wide temperature swings in the winter? My garage is 15 degrees warmer than outside or so. Very good question. Um, you know, it, it does say tire pressure at cold, and I'm not sure if it means 65 degrees or zero. So typically what I do personally, a couple pounds. I mean, nothing significant. You don't want to change the way the tire wear, the way the vehicle drives. You don't want to have any, uh, any extra issues there. So just a couple pounds. If it says 32, if you go to 34, 35, you'll be just fine. Okay. Here's a texter uh, that says, uh, I have a 1987 Renault GTA uh, sporty two-door alliance that started and ran perfectly until it recently sat in storage for a couple of weeks. The battery died, and when I jump it, it turns over perfectly, but doesn't even fire now. Any ideas? By the way, it's a, a fuel injected. Um, tough, I guess. I, I don't know. You know, it's that's one of those things where we'd really want to hook up some test equipment and take a collection of some information. You know, it's uh, you know, sometimes you wish you could just plug it into the computer and get the answer, but that's not the reality. We would probably want to see if there's any fault codes, see if there's any. Um, any extra data or information that kind of lead us down the right road there. So I would probably have that vehicle brought into the shop. Uh, a texter sent this in a few minutes ago. Do you, meaning Lloyd, sell tires? If not, what if not, what kind would you recommend? Um, you, you do get sent tires from uh, places like Tire Rack or something, yeah, we, don't you? 
we we are not uh, we are not a tire dealer, right. but we work on a tremendous number of vehicles. So therefore, you end up replacing some tires. Um, but yeah, there's there's wholesalers all around town. Uh, I personally, uh, my vehicle, my wife's vehicle, almost always or actually always use Michelin tires. Uh, my opinion is that they they last longer and wear better. Um, but there's a lot of uh, options out there. My advice on tires. Um, Price, direct reflection of quality, like in life. Uh, try to stick to a brand name that you've heard of. Um, you know, a lot of times you might go in somewhere and they might try to sell you a buy three, get one free, and that's a lot of marketing involved there. You don't want to, uh, you know, an extra 20 or $30 over the life of a set of tires is really nothing. It's a yeah. pennies a mile, if even. So buy the branded tires. My preference is Michelin. Um, but, you know, talk to your friends and your peers and see what they say. Very good. Here's a text that says on their 2010 Chrysler 300, it does not defog the windows when the temperature is below about 25. The dealer cannot find anything wrong. Well, you definitely need to have that. You can't be driving around with your windows fogged up. Uh, you know, we touched on that last week a little bit. You know, is there something maybe with the heater core? Uh, keep in mind, too, if the air conditioning system's not operating on that vehicle, like, you know, you don't think you need air conditioning for the winter, but. When you run the defrost, it actually runs the compressor to dry the air. That's right. So if that compressor's not operating, you might have an extra moisture that you just can't get rid of. So uh, one of those things where, you know, you just you absolutely should not drive around with the car with fogged up windows, as seems obvious. Uh, I know you guys don't really, at least not on the radio, talk about brands necessarily of vehicles. But the texter wants to buy a 2015 Tahoe. Any reason why I should think otherwise? No, um, and you know, people ask us all the time, what kind of yeah, car yeah. should I buy? Well, and I say, well, it depends on your needs. You know, I have three young children. I have to plow a parking lot when it snows, so I have a big old pickup truck. Probably not going to fit your needs, but figure out what your needs are. Uh, I think a Chevrolet Tahoe is a fine vehicle. I think a Toyota 4Runner is a fine vehicle. I, I think depending on your needs, any newer vehicle in the last two or three years, they're pretty good cars regardless. I know you've got a minute or two to go here, Nick. A 99 Jeep Grand Cherokee 4.7 liter has a very noisy power steering pump. The fluid level is okay. Should I keep driving it as is? Uh, the fluid level might be fine, but the condition of the fluid's the question. So I would tell that person to have that fluid serviced. You know, it's a regular maintenance item. You get clean fluid in there, and I suspect that that pump will quiet up because it's being properly lubricated. Okay. 04 Buick Regal. 3.8. Heater only blows lukewarm. Not the time of year for that to happen. No, you don't want that. That goes back to that uh, caller, that texter earlier. Uh, maybe something going with the thermostat. So if you have poor heat in the vehicle, number one, you're cold, but number two, so is the engine, and the engine wants to be at that running temp. So if it's running cooler than it's designed to, it can run too rich, which unfortunately can relate to a, or end up with the vehicle that's flooded. Where it won't start. So have that looked at because today you might not have great heat, but tomorrow your car might not start. Uh, we started the show uh, talking about tires. Maybe we'll end on that because this texter says, I'm interested in all-weather tires that have sand in the mix. Is it silica sand? What's your opinion of these tires? The ones I'm looking at are, are from Finland. <laughs> the dealer says, the Finns, no, no snow. Have you ever heard of such a thing? Uh, I don't know much. I've heard of it. Um, you know, it's one of those subjective type questions, I yeah. guess. I, I have no reason not to do it. I, I, I believe that they cost more than maybe something more traditional. Uh, but if you are having a concern with the roads or your driving ability and that's going to give you that sense of security, 
you know, the only thing I'll say is about snow tires, and we talked about this before quickly, is they'll give you the traction to get going, but keep in mind when you're on the highway and you're, the roads are ice covered and everyone's going 40 miles an hour and somebody buzzes by in a four-wheel drive doing 55, you know, we always talk about you go a mile down the road, they're there in the ditch. Yeah. The reason is those tires will get you going, but stopping, turning, there's nothing you can do to a car to make it stop on ice. That's right. So, no matter what you drive. No matter what you drive or what you have for tires. So snow tires are good, uh, but they're not going to protect you from anything and everything. Nick, we have to run. Good to see you again. How do we get in touch with the Lloyds? Quickly, uh, if you're in St. Paul, we're at 982 Grand Avenue. If you need to give us a call, it's 651-228-1316. And then on the internet, uh, lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, automotive.net. And good luck to Dan. Yeah, he's... Uh, He's hoping to get home soon. We should see him back here next week. Thank you, Nick. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.